All right. Welcome to the Roofing Sales Podcast. I'm your host, Jacob, and today I am joined by J.D. Buckridge with Higher Vision. How are you today, J.D.? Good, man. What's up? Thanks for having me on today. I am so happy we've been able to do this. Uh, you and I have known each other for just a little over six months now, yep. and uh, we've been rocking and rolling. You've been helping coach our company here. Uh, in San Antonio, and uh, you're actually here in person. I am because you did some leadership training for us yeah, today. Yeah, do we have a fun time today too? Yeah, it was it was awesome. We got to learn a lot and then put something to practice too. We did. Like I told you, the laughing joke was didn't expect to do leadership training and then have a real time execution of some critical leadership, but we did it, and it was easy, wasn't it? Oh yeah, leadership doesn't have to always be a, a hard thing. Sometimes it's you get set up hard conversations. Yeah, and I thought it was pretty cool because, you know, like I told you before we started recording, I've had those conversations before and they've never gone that well. Yeah. And it's a lot of it's because we don't know where to go with it. Right. Because we don't know necessarily how to manage people, how to um, have a conversation that is not very easy sometimes. And it wasn't super easy. No. But I think it was how we, you know, we unpacked it first because mm-hmm. we knew you never just want to hit an employee with, well, you suck, you're doing this wrong and you're getting written up. It never works. You can never reprimand someone when you're emotional as a leader. Yeah. Leaders cannot operate in the realm of emotion. It's impossible. Now, are we emotional when we're trying to get people pumped up and jacked up for the day? Absolutely. When it comes time to have some critical conversation, I've got to calm myself down first, which I think you even said, you said, I had to just calm myself for a moment, walk out of the room. <laughs> yeah. Take a moment. Uh, and it worked. Yeah. Yeah. And it worked great. But I think it's a testament to kind of what you're trying to do with higher vision. So just... You know, a lot of our listeners probably don't even know who you are. So just tell me about Higher Vision a little yeah. bit and and what is your goal with your company? Well, first I'll tell you why we do what we do. Our whole principle is, you know, we exist to put systems and processes in place to grant organizations a higher return on investment. It's all about systematic implementation. It's all procedural. And so for Rhino, for example, it was looking at the organizational structure of who's really in what seat on the bus, what what roles. And a lot of roles have changed even since I've been a part of your guys' organization. Right. It, we rose a lot of people up. Some cream of the crop stood up, and we had to put some people in place to offer some things to them that was also going to benefit and give it our way back to, to the team and to the organization as a whole. And so it's a lot of organizational structuring. But, you know, my, from me for that, where we talked about in the leadership training about, it's about really helping people analyze their gifts first, then they're calling second, then the commission, which is the positional piece. Yeah. A lot of times we just throw people in position, but they don't have the gifts for that position. And we had that conversation today, didn't we? Yeah. There's, you know, I might be able to do a job, but is that really where my heart belongs? Yeah. Putting the right seats on the bus. So we help people put people on the right seat on the bus. But then we also come alongside organizations to assist them with systematic implementation with their sales process. You know, for Team Rhino, you already had an inbound and outbound model that was a great setup but it was the after the fact that needed the ongoing support. Mm -hmm. It was a structural implementation piece. It was organizing your team huddles. It was organizing your meeting flow in your week. And once I think we got that organized, we organized the communication flow in the the organization, which allowed for the critical conversation today that took place. It allows for even internal critical conversations when you have to lead up to your leader and say, hey, I really need to have a conversation with you. There's some things that are weighing heavy on my heart that I just want to bring to your attention. You can't do that if you don't know who you answer to or what my conversation consists of based upon my role. So we'll come into an organization and we'll assist with that structural implementation with the communication. But also, biggest thing, our secret sauce that everybody knows JD and Higher Vision for is accountability metrics. Hmm. We are all about KPIs. But, you know, like you said, we, we, we are not roofing coaches. We are not roofing consultants. 
we're business coaches. Uh, we've been in existence now nine years and there's a full team around me. I'm blessed. I've got some amazing people that are on our team that are just top level people. And we got into it really because we want to help our friends that were small business owners. That's just the truth. Yeah. We had a heart for our friends that were small business owners that were, that had some troubles. I had buddies that had troubles with, uh, sales processes at the door, retail. I had some that were non-retail, but they all had some type of sales issue. And many times I was brought in to do on the side sales training. Yeah. Uh, I was brought to do some on the side leadership training. How do I hold this manager accountable? I have had one guy, a good buddy of mine, had a, has a very successful, almost 40-year-old home security company. And I remember one time he said, can you help me with my sales manager? I don't really know what he does in the week. I said, well, what do you mean you don't know what he does? Well, I don't know what he does. I said, well, you mean like you don't know where he goes? He goes, I don't know anything about his week. I said, well, we need to change that. He goes, I know, but I don't know so I put KPIs in place, key performance indicators with the accountability metric of every week. He had to show me what he did on the week, what numbers, what number of sales calls, who was it, what's the next step and how are we going to helpfully close a deal? Like we can't just like randomly say, oh, I went and talked to 10 people. They will, who shot to, oh, I don't know. A lot of times it happens with salespeople. Mm-hmm. We come in, we say, no, we, we, we're going to record the information. We're going to analyze the data. And I want to know what was the outcome from your week? Because obviously you're in sales management, Jacob. Like we can't have salespeople that aren't performing. Well, if I don't know if they're performing and all I do is look at the bank statements every month as a small business owner, which is a lot of the people that we were dealing with at the time. They look at the bank statements. They see the bank account and they go, I don't think we're doing so well. It's a sales issue. Well, maybe it's also a leadership issue. You don't know how to keep people accountable. Right. And so that's how we started. And it was, I'll never forget, even I've had, had sub-clients that floors were dirty, there was unutilized real estate in the physical structure of the building. And I would say, you know, have you ever thought about putting some graphics on your windows to promote the business? Have you ever thought about, you know, maybe repositioning some things on the floor? And most times the answers were no. So we would just redirect some things physically, aesthetically, atmosphere, teaching sales principle, teaching networking principles. And we just begin to grow. And about uh, over the last five years, we started attracting contractors and service providers mm-hmm. to where it began attracting really higher level multi-million dollar contractors and service providers where two years ago, I got a random phone call from my friend, John Abernathy, Abernathy Roofing Construction, who's also an OC platinum provider in Joplin, Missouri. He said, man, I, I've been following you for a bit. I know who you are. You just come see me. I think maybe you can give us some help. And that's where it started for us in the roofing space almost two years ago. Wow. That is awesome. Yeah. So yeah. we landed here by accident. But now, uh, almost two years later, um, in the last two years, five I went scoring platinum providers that we worked with all have longer-term contracts. They're not short-term. And, um, man, it's just a blast. And so uh, by the end of the year, it'll be a full year with Team Rhino for Higher Vision. Yeah, and I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, I know it's been a lot of fun so far. And I know we actually found you because of John Abernathy. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. was on a podcast right. talking about you. Right. And I remember, uh, you know, coming through my first year of sales management, we had gone through multiple coaches and, uh, you know, it was kind of one of those things where it's like, dude, do we want to bring on another coach? Yeah. You know, we hear that a lot. You know I mean? Even what organization I worked with recently, I said, so have you ever worked with a, another coach or a consultant before? Oh yeah. I said, how many? Well, you know, you, you, you will potentially be the third. I said, what's going to make me different. Right. And so sometimes it's not always us or them. It's a, it's a not ready for Right. You know, and 
that's one thing I was talking to, you know, your owner, Dante, about last night. Is he, he said, JD, we were ready for you. We, we, we knew we wanted to grow our culture value. I said, what, what is it that you feel like that we bring to the table the most? What's our sweet spot for, for someone like you? If you get to know me, like I'm a really high eye personality. I'm like the motivator, the cheerleader, the inspirational guy. It's just who I am. And you've heard this. Mm -hmm. What do people in San Antonio, words traveling about JD Bucks, go, is that guy really for real? Well, I mean, you've got to know me. I like to say the answer is yes. Oh, yeah. You yeah, know, for like, sure. I, I'm always this way. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, we'll talk about why that isn't another time. But I mean, for me, it is my faith. You know that. And so, like, it's just who I am. And my faith just comes out of me. I don't preach it aggressively, but it does come out of me. It's who I am. Um, I possess a natural joy that is in, internal, that is sustainable, that's eternal for me. And it just comes out of me. And so I think because I live in a place of joy and peace and contentment, I'm able to bring that to the table with organizations that maybe have some chaos in those areas and we'll come and we'll fix it. And once it's fixing it, it's not like, man, you suck, you're doing everything wrong. It's let's, let's take time out. W what's the challenge right now? Mm -hmm. Sometimes the challenge is people. Sometimes it's process. Sometimes it's product, right? Marcus Salonis from the, uh, from, uh, oh my gosh. CNBC, the profit, Marcus Lamont, you know, mm. uh, Owens outdoor world and so many pieces of real estate and business. He says, it's those three things I'll take people process and pro and product. If you can have those three things in place and execute well, you're not just gonna have those, but you have profit, right? Yeah. Which is the fourth P. And so a lot of times, even with Rindo, I think it was like, well, we've, we've got people. What do we need to fix with the people? Well, Dante said, I want to invest in my people. Yeah. No. So what's that look like? He's man, I, I want to I add value for training. I've got people that I know I see talent in, but I want to take them to the next level. And that was John Abnathy too. John built an entire training center and said, I just want to add value. I built this thing to train people to help them be the best version of themselves. And I think you're the guy to do that. And so it, it's not a lot of um, fluff and foo-foo stuff is what some people ask me about. Yeah. You know, a lot of practical, again, because we're hitting KPIs, but you know, like today, I was on your sales floor the last two days. I bring the fun. I do that on purpose. And it's not weird fun like I'm blowing air horns and throwing confetti, but there's energy. And so that's who we are and that's what we do. And, and man, we're, we have a blast doing it. Yeah. And I know it's really helped our company. I know actually one of our first phone calls, you said, hey, I went into Abernathy Roofing. I cut their team in half yeah, and yeah. doubled their sales. Yeah. yeah. And we, so we... We were one piece, they grew by 80% in six months, and we were one piece of some of the equations that they had in place to increase that 80%. But one of the things that John said was, I'll never forget, I, I tell every organization, I have for nine years, because I started seeing that I had this trend of helping people see what they weren't seeing. Helping owners and leaders see, hey, this may not be the right person that fits your culture. Right. Or maybe they don't fit your dream, your ideas. Hey, have Mr. Business or have you casted vision before? Well, I'm not sure. Like, what do you mean? Well, what's your long term? My long term is this. It's X value. I want to, I want to do more than just, you know, sell a widget. Does your team know that? As so I usually start there. And once we unpack the vision piece, it is unpacking vision of individuals individually. Mm -hmm. Right? That's that's a key formula. You have to know, like, I, I gotta know what does this person want for their life? Yeah. But I also know, like, what drives them? Like, do you have a mission? Like, what's making you get up every day? What's making your feet hit the floor? Because we, we you can you can hit burnout pretty easy if you have no purpose, right? Oh yeah. And so I think that's kind of where you guys were at too. Is like, you know, we we had to find out why were people not performing? You know, and, and everyone has a different reason. You know, everyone has a different reason. People will listen to this podcast and go, "Well, that wasn't my reason." That's fine. But everyone has a reason somewhere. 
And I think our jobs as leaders is to find out what is the reason for your being here today, because we have a specific culture, we have a specific metric, and we want to help you hit yours. How can we do that? Like we had a conversation with your individual today. How can we help you hit your true north destination? Once we heard it, we're like, wow, let's unpack that. Let's figure that out, right? There's never like, well, no, that's not going to happen. It's like, well, let's figure it out. How can we? Yeah. So. Yeah. And I will say it definitely helped us to to have the mindset of being willing to change yeah. from a leadership perspective. Mm-hmm. Because when you said that to me, I was like, man, I don't know. I really like my team right now. Right. But I saw the cracks. Yeah. And uh, look, here we are. Yeah. Six months into the relationship with you and 80% of my team's brand new. Yeah. What's funny was, you know, I told Dante and I told you, I said, uh, expect to lose people. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and many of our mutual friends that we have in this industry, you know, they, they tell you, this is going to be hard. Transitions are hard. Mm-hmm. When you go from traditional, especially on the roofing and in construction sales as a whole, when you come from a traditional and the owner sells, or it's me plus maybe two or three guys, or maybe it's me and everyone is 1099, to we're going to flip to this everyone's W2. Okay, now we're going to add a team. We're going to have an inbound, outbound. Wait, what? So I'm going to get paid less to do more is what some think, right? Yeah. No, what we're going to do is we're going to add to the team to help you be more successful. And the inbound outbound model have been, been around for years and years and years and years. I'm right. And your owner, Dante, Dante had it in place at his previous business in the insurance industry. He had an inbound outbound model. And so when, when you when you have that, they have to be firing on the same cylinders. They have to be on the same page. And so change is hard. And so I told you, I said, expect to see a change. I said, if we get the right people, I said, I, my goal is to hopefully see for you what we saw for the Abernathy team where your numbers wash a client. I, I remember looking, I said, hey, so uh, tell me about your numbers again, because it looks like they're up. And I think my words were shoestring team because you went from 10 people to two people. Yeah. Numbers went up. Oh, dramatically. Which was really fun to watch. Like numbers went up. And then when you added two more people, now we're at four. We were still at 40% of what you're used to having. Your numbers went up again. I said, this is fun, isn't it? And I said, can you imagine what's going to happen when you get you fully staffed? We're going to get you fully staffed with the right people that have the same DNA. And here's the thing I think you have to remember. If someone doesn't have the same DNA on my team, it's okay. Doesn't mean they're a bad person. Right. You still have friendships with people that are no longer here. They're great people. Mm-hmm. It is always okay to say, this is not a fit for you if I'm in leadership. It's also okay for me to say, this is not a fit for me with where you guys are going, where I'm going, they, they're two different directions. And so, um, yeah, man, change is hard, but it's necessary. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, speaking of change, we're seeing the shift in this industry. And now you've been in, in the industry of roofing for, you said about two years now. Oh, right, almost about two years, yeah. And, you know, you and I were talking, I think it was last night you mentioned it to me of, you know, you did a lot of research when you first got in the industry and you started learning things and now you're meeting people in the industry. You've been on a bunch of other podcasts, some that will be dropping here soon. Right. Um, so you've probably got to know the industry, I'd say fairly well, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so the, this, I want to talk about the status quo today, right? Right. Yeah. So the status quo in our industry is a sales rep who comes in and they don't have much training. They're a 1099 door knocker, right? Getting a profit split, mm-hmm. right? So I go in, I knock the door, I run the appointment, I run the adjuster, I sign the contract, I order the material, I order the crew, I project manage. And then after all of that's done, I get my split of the profit. And at that point, what a lot of these sales reps are realizing is I'm basically a business owner. I'm just, I'm not taking on all of the, you know, uh, the negative aspects of being a business owner, all of the, uh, 
the liability. And here's the thing. I'm probably not good at being a business owner. I'm great at sales. Right. And so what we have to do is we have to redirect people really again, back to their gifts. What is their true north? Again, the gift will unlock the, the calling. So if my calling is, is sales, let's focus on what you're really, really great at. If you're really great at canvassing, you're really great at door knocking, but you suck at closing, are you really great at sales? Right. Or are you great at canvassing? Right. Let's point you where you belong. And I think the shift that I see in the industry really is that there's some, there's some points toward coming back to the basics of, of true business infrastructure. Yeah. Which is who is the CEO? Who is the general manager, the sales manager, director of operations, right? And I think that's where Rhino was at when I came to you guys is we started looking at, okay, who has what role and what role will they best serve? And so like, you know, we saw with you guys that Jacob, you were overloaded in the field and then we're working on operational pieces and oh my gosh, Jacob's no longer in the field because he's helping work with operations. But you have someone who had a lot of talent and operations on your team already, but he wasn't focusing in operations. Yeah. We started looking at these, these things. We said, okay, what do we have on team Rhino? We have Jacob, who's really great at both, but he really loves sales and really great at sales and really great at people. He needs to live there. How do we redirect him back there? Well, Shane is really gifted on operations. Mm-hmm. Can we raise up Shane there to take the operations back from the guy that's supposed to be in field as a sales manager? Well, what we saw was when you got back on the field, numbers went up. Oh, yeah. Then we said, well, the size of the team, if we grow the team quickly, which we did very quickly with the right people, um, you're back at eight people and we realized, well, it's hard for you to be in the field and still run your office meetings and be a part of our management team. What do we do? We raise up another sales manager. So you have a two sales manager person team. Numbers went up again with Cole on your team. Yeah. Then we saw, hmm, Jacob and Cole are really busy because the volume grew with Team Rhino. Because the production volume grew, well, what else did we do? Well, you had two guys who have been saying, pick me, pick me, pick me. I want to be next up for positional leadership. And we said, what if we created field coaches? Like, what if we put people in a role of, like, new guys can just go shadow them. And then when they're struggling, they can go shadow them. And then vice versa, hey, why don't I come and shadow you just to watch you to see if I can offer pointers? They don't offer any accountability. Your field coaches don't offer accountability at all. They're just there to go, hey, here's what I think you should do. Here's what I do that works. Hey, watch me do. Yeah. And numbers went up again. So what do we do? We put the right seat people on the right seats on the bus. We analyze the structure. So the right infrastructure. But part of that right infrastructure too, Jacob, is coming back to, um, if I'm not a great business owner, I really need to be a W-2 employee. Yeah. But I also believe that having W-2 employees, a lot of people disagree with this. A lot of people don't want the headache of W-2. But those that don't want the headache of W-2 are still hovering around $2 million a year. Yeah. That's what I would see. And the average roofing company nationwide is a $2 million a year company. And most of those companies have 1099 employees. But you really can't even call them employees because they're not. No. 1099, what most people understand, if I'm 1099, you can't really make me do anything. There's no accountability. I'm in control. If I don't want to work today, I don't have to work. Well, Jacob, if you're the business owner of Rhino Roofers and everybody's 1099, don't you want to keep the lights on today? So who's going to be responsible to keep the lights on? The CEO is again. So guess what CEO is doing? I guess I'm going to go knock on North Shakers and Trees. I'm going to make some sales happen today because I don't know where my 1099 people are at. And so, you know, what I see a shift, the roofing companies that are really making deep impact, they are going, they are calling guys like Adam Sand, and which we love. And they're saying, and I love, by the way, just to make that clear, um, they're saying we need to put together this, this sweet loaded 
uh, you know, CRM model, our quoting system, our estimating system, our inside outside model, because man, th this tenant ad structure doesn't work. Right. And so then typically where we come in is, is the long, long term on doing hand holding support. Like we're the ultimate hand holders. Right. Yeah. And so, which I love. And people are like, well, do you have multiple people on your team? Nope. There's, there's four of us. And I've got two part time people. Uh, we do that on purpose because when you get me, you get me because I want to come in and make sure that you're getting that ongoing. Okay. Here's how we handle this situation because it's really about people every day. At the end of the day, it's about people. Right. Mm -hmm. So the companies that, and, and, and Adam has even said this, you and I were talking about this last night. He posted about how, you know, the, the, the roofing companies that are going to make it are making drastic shifts. The ones that are making drastic shifts are pretty high level accountability in place with uh, very streamlined EOS employee operating systems. They're putting SOPs in place, standard operating procedures that are written down and in a binder somewhere or in PDF format and KPIs, performance indicators, so I can hold you accountable as a W-2 employee. What does that mean? If you're not getting this number, we need to have a critical conversation. So that's what I see happening. I think that's kind of what you and I have talked a lot about lately. Yeah, and I think that in my time in the roofing industry, I've seen that happen a lot. And I've seen uh, come and go, right? And, and David, one of the owners here, uh, Rhino Roofers, he saw that, and that's why we started Rhino, right. right? He had this vision because he kept meeting people in the field as the OC rep, and he would train them up, and they'd be gone in six months. And every single one of those people was a 1099 contract, yeah, right? right? And uh, there was no support, right? All these companies were just, hey, um, here's some business cards. Go knock on those doors, and, and let's see what sticks, right? And ultimately, uh, you know, roofing sales is like a gold rush. You can make a lot of money with no experience, no formal education, uh, and be really, really good at this. Yeah. Uh, but it takes proper training. Yeah. And I feel like that's something that our industry has. Um, we have training from other people like yourself, other coaches, but not something that is implemented in other roofing companies. Yeah. Well, I think too, the ones that are making it and will make it are doing exactly what David did is say, okay, we're not going to look like a truck in a truck. We're, we're not. We're not going to look like the people that don't care about customers. The, the roofing industry and the construction world has received a bad name because of people that are not holding employees or 1099 people accountable. So people can do whatever they want. And then all of a sudden you have an argument between a 1099 person, the installer. So if I'm a 1099 salesperson with a subcontracted 1099 installer, but I'm the roofing owner, who's really at fault? Homeowner's trying to figure it out and everyone's arguing pointing fingers. David goes, time out. We can fix this problem. It's really simple. Everyone's W2 and we hold everybody accountable. Yeah. So ultimately the buck stops, he knows, with him, David, Dante, Misty, the buck will ultimately stop with them and a homeowner can go, well, right out sold me the roof, so it's on you guys. And I know, I was in a conversation with you guys yesterday where an entire roof, the decision was, we're going to replace it, replace it because that's the right thing to do. Regardless of what happened, we're going to do the right thing because we're accountable. The flip side is, well, the HOA says we have to do, so we're going to have to do what the HOA says. So let's follow HOA guidelines for that, which means we're going to go back and tell the customer, hey, this is what the, we've discovered from your HOA. So this is what we have to do. A lot of people, the truck and the trucks, they're not doing that, which is what creates a bad name, which is why I'm so passionate about structure, accountability, W2 system, putting systems in place that holds people at a higher level of accountability. Yeah. Better service. And I think that what we're seeing too is we have all these companies coming in, uh, John Abernathy, yeah. right? We've got obviously us, Rhino Roofers. Um, there's companies I follow in Dallas, um, uh, up in uh, Indiana that are doing this new model of W-2, mm -hmm. 
Um, they're trying, you know, half of those companies have the inside out model going on, right? but they're setting a lot of KPIs, a lot of SOPs, and we're seeing a lot higher volume oh, yeah. come out of people. And I think a big part of that is these roofing owners are realizing you can spend money to get leads. That's right. And those leads can close at a high level. Oh, oh man. If, if you, so Dante showed me, he said, you know, our average lead cost is pretty low. Now you want to know, call him and ask, but I will tell you it's pretty low. When you look at the average lead cost versus the gross sale of a roof and then your margin of profitability, it makes sense to buy leads. Yeah. It just hands down. You need to have sales and marketing go hand in hand, but they are two different areas. And honestly, if you are hitting that, I mean, I feel like if you're hitting four million plus in revenue, you really need to start looking at, I need to really look at some outsourced professionals to handle my market. Yeah, I have a budget now. If you're under two million, you can probably stay okay with your networking and your door knocking and flyers and things like that. But once you hit a certain point, I think that's where you guys are at. So you're at a certain point, it's like someone needs to manage this for us. So you need to outsource that to somebody that are true professionals. They understand like Google AdWords, digital engagement formula, Facebook ads. They understand these things. They understand how to put banner ads on YouTube and Snapchat and TikTok. If you have someone who doesn't understand those things, you're going to miss it because we are moving to a digital society. But at the same time, I still believe in traditional advertising. Like you guys have billboards all over San Antonio because people drive in the highway. Yeah. People, billboard advertising works in San Antonio and people will call and say, I see your billboards everywhere. Right. Yeah. So like, you know, and just, but here's the other thing. The brand is critical. Like one thing about Rhino is it's a sick looking brand. Like, the, you're going to see the trucks all over greater San Antonio. You can't miss a big, big, fully wrapped yellow and black truck with the horns on it. It looks freaking cool. And so you have to have a brand plus the digital plus the awareness. It has to all go in sync. Otherwise, you're you're truly setting your sales team up for failure if you're not properly invested in the marketing. Yeah. And I feel like that was something at my last company. We had some good brand recognition yeah. because the owner had spent time on social media, dabbled in um, some ads himself. But it was very small because he was a small company. And we started focusing on door knocking uh, towards the end of my time with that company. And when we were door knocking, there was a lot of times where people were like, who are you? Yeah, right, right. And and I can tell you now with Rhino, my guys go knock on a door. One of my canvassers goes knock on a door. And it happens more times than not that homeowner says, oh, I know you guys. Right. I've seen you on TV. I saw your trucks. Actually... You just did my neighbor's roof. Right. And I was thinking about calling you. I'm so glad you're here today. Yeah. And, and also you talk about TV, you know, one of the things I tell, you know, any, any organization we're working with, if you're doing a lot of heavy TV advertising, ask your TV rep for more. Now, when I talk about more, I'm not talking about just getting stuff that's cheap or free or, or silly, but ask for things like unsold inventory. What's the unsold inventory that's available? How can I get some of the unsold inventory at no additional cost? If I sign a 12 month contract with you. And most times, if you're signing a 12-month contract in a roofing space, you're probably a six-figure advertiser with your local TV station, right? And so if you're doing that, I'm going to ask you for everything and then some if I'm going to give you six figures a year. Number two is ask for additional opportunities to appear on air. Like you do this, right? Like you you have a lot of, you're on TV, like you become a face for Rhino. And like, you want to see what Jacob LaRue looks like, look you up on YouTube and he's got all these TV spots he's done for Rhino roofers. But you know, it's little things like, how do I get on the morning show? How do I get on the afternoon show? How do I get on the evening news? How do I get a weather sponsorship? Uh, you know, you guys have done a lot of things like backpack drives and things like that, but that creates media exposure. What does that do? Zig Ziglar says people buy from people they know, like, 
Trust. Yeah. All three. First of all, I have to see you. I have to know that you exist. But then I have to like you. Then I have to trust you. And so if you can build that component through using the TV, but also take that stuff and throw it up on your social media as well. Throw up on YouTube. Make sure you get access to those TV spots and just blast it everywhere. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny you bring that up, the, the quote from Zig Ziglar, because um, not too long ago in this new uh, sales meeting format that, that you recommended for us, we actually used uh, an Adam Benzman video that he posted recently. I love, that's my dude. I got a man crush on you, Benzman, just say it. <laughs> <laughs> but we told you, we were talking about him like all week this week. Exactly. And one of the things he posted recently was um, the last letter that people don't talk about. Yeah. They, they buy from people they know, like, and trust. And there's a second T and it are transparent. That's right. And I feel like a lot of this industry is not transparent. Yeah. And we talk about simple things, right? It's as simple as not facing the customer squared up, you know, shift a little bit when you're trying to show them an estimate, right? Show them your screen when you're working on stuff. Don't turn your screen away from them. Right. And I feel like that's one of the things that definitely needs to change in this industry is transparency. Yeah. I mean, you know, absolutely. I mean, put all the numbers out there. You got, you got to show people like, this is what it's going to cost you. This is what your insurance company is telling you that they're going to pay. So obviously that's why we have things like supplementing, right? So, and that's another thing too. If there's room on your team, once you start hitting that certain revenue status, like if you're above that, you know, 15 million per year plus, you really need to look at having an estimator on your team. Mm -hmm. Internal. Someone that can really meet with those adjusters to really argue why this should be the price point. So the adjuster says, well, I'm going to grant you 60%. Well, why don't we supplement the other 40%? Yeah. You know, and then that's what Jack does on your team. He, in fact, he told me, he goes, he goes, I rescued 17,000 and we just high fived and we're having a good time with it. But that has been such a key thing for you guys this year. Like we did the math. We're like, holy cow, this guy is killing it for this team. Yeah. You know, and so, which, I mean, he has proven his value to what a salesperson would earn on a year. Yeah. And so we're like, that's a great role. So if you're above 15 million a year, you got to look at bringing an estimator on your team that really understands the construction component, the supplement component, and that has great communication skills that they can't be a jerky, jerk one kind of person. They have to have good communication skills because obviously we have to be sensitive to an adjuster. Yeah. We're doing their job. But we're also here to do our job, right? Like in the roofing space, you guys are there to do a job to advise the customer best options of success to have a brand new roof. And so uh, you got to have an estimator on your team if you can pull that trigger, do it. Yeah, for sure. So we've talked about a whole bunch of different things yeah. so far. But one thing I want to I get to is we've talked a little, we've kind of touched on the potential we're seeing in this industry. Mm -hmm. And we've touched on a, in a bunch of different ways so far. Now, for a sales rep listening to this right now, yeah. what is the potential that you think a sales rep could actually achieve in this industry oh with the switches that are happening right now? Oh, my gosh. Well, you know, you have a lot of new additions to your team, and we talk about transparency. We're pretty transparent with your sales team. We were with one today. We said, look, you probably have played with the math, right? Actually, three of your people today in our one-on-ones. We said, you know, you probably have played with the math a little bit to understand your commission structure, so you do understand is very realistic with the amount of leads that are coming in. If you run your KPIs the way you're supposed to every week, which I'm not going to get into those on this podcast, but Rhino has a certain KPI metric formula that we follow. And we said, if you do this, you understand this is the number of what your income potential is this year. Right. I think a lot of times people that go into sales like, well, you know, if I can, if there's a 50,000 base, if there's like a benefit package plus commission, you know, that's, that's doable. And I think what you guys said is, well, how can we help you have a very, comfortable or more than comfortable above means six-figure income this year. Yeah. So I think a lot of times what happens is, is we 
And it's not just a roofing space. I think as entrepreneurs, a lot of entrepreneurs get greedy. You know, uh, you you see us in uh, the roofing space, you'll see owners go buy a brand new $120,000 truck before they'll give somebody a raise. I'm not about that. I think if you're going to retain people, and I'm very honest about that with people I talk to, I'm like, look, hey, I, I appreciate that this, well, this is my company and I've worked hard for this. Yeah, you have. But this person over here has also been very, very loyal, blood, sweat, and tears. And you got to give them an attaboy too with a paycheck. Yeah. And so the, the truth is, if you're a salesperson listening today, the number one thing I would look for is um, the vision, the mission, the goals, the core values. Like, what does this company want to do? Yeah. If that company just says things like uh, putting roofs on integrity in greater state of Texas, everyone says that. I don't care. Offering the best quality of service possible for, to put a smile on your face. Everyone says that. Don't care. What I want to know is, are our values matching up? Right? Are, are we coming together on our value system? If we are, I can say, well, my vision matches your vision. My mission matches your vision. It's like a good relationship. Let's come together and do something really cool. So if you're in sales, look for that. Second thing I look for is what is your structure? So I want to know what your compensation package is. And I want a W-2, so I don't have to worry about my own taxes. I just want to sell, man. Like, if you just turn me loose to sell, that's what I do. I'm a professional salesperson. Right. And so and I would encourage people, if you just stumble upon this podcast and you're in another industry, but you love sales and you want to make a lot of money, consider the roofing sales space. And I tell people, like, man, where was this space when I was in college? Like, where was this when I was 20 years old? I didn't know. I didn't know this stuff existed. I didn't know that construction sales was a thing until I got into it five years ago, coaching construction companies. And so... If you know, look for the value system, then look for the compensation package. Then I'm going to look for what resources can you bring around me? Yeah. What's the ongoing support? So like with Team Rhino, when Higher Vision is contracted with any organization we work with, not only do the owners and managers get us captive one-on-one weekly, the sales team members get captive one-on-one weekly. So like for your team, for example, you know, it was, I get Jacob one-on-one weekly but it's helping Jacob grow in your leadership skills, but it's not just helping you. It's working with your teammates to help them be accountable to KPIs. Yeah. But again, I'm the inspirational guy. So dude, that's awesome. How was your week? Man, that's great. Hey, numbers look great. Hey, listen, man, you mentioned this to me last week. How are we tracking for that in your life? So I remember one particular member on your team said, dude, you know what? I, I have, here's my stress. I'm going, 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 going. I said, time out, time out. You have a family, right? Yeah. Hey, so when's the last time you took the wife out on a date? Because you did really well last month. Oh, man, yeah. I said, so I'm going to hold you accountable for that. So long story short, I said, I'm going to hold you accountable for a date night. I'm going to hold you accountable for a play day night with your with your kids. I'm hold you accountable for a family. So three nights a week, you need to be a family man. Well, you saw the hugs I got from that individual today, right? Yeah. Uh, it really changed who they are as an individual because they saw that the value was not about them making rhino money. So the resource JD is so that individual and a rhino is we're going to help this person stay retained because he feels supported that it's not just about rhino making money and the owners driving sweet trucks. It's about his family, right? And so the ongoing support has to be critical. So, and then in addition to that, what we hear today in the one-on-ones, I want, I want ongoing professional development. So we pointed them back to some product training. We pointed some back to technology training. So I think the ongoing support you need to know. So I'm going to look at uh, what are the core values, mission, vision, mission, goal, core values, do we mesh? Second compensation package, which I would want to see you as a W-2 employee. And typically I like to see people with a base plus a commission. And I'm okay. That can be sometimes as a draw with a commission against a draw. 
Sometimes it's a sliding scale, uh, a flat base plus a sliding scale commission. It's about what's best for both individuals, right? And then the last component of that is the ongoing support. You know, are you giving me personal development, professional development? It's not just about KPI running numbers. It's like, do you care about me as a person? If I can feel those things as a salesperson, dude, I'm in. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit. We talk, At the beginning, we talked about higher vision. Yeah. And a lot of what you're doing is focused on companies. That's right. your, your bread and butter. Yeah. But you and I talked earlier today, you do offer your services to individuals. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So how, how do you think that you could help an individual salesperson in this industry hit these potential income goals we're seeing, change the status quo and find that right fit? Coming back to the basics of life, man, vision, mission, core values is number one. So uh, you know this, that was the first session you and I asked it. So Jacob, tell me about where you want to end up in your life. What's your vision look like? Because I had to unpack like what's important to you, right? So we always get to back to the basics of life first because I can make money doing anything. If I'm a hustler and I got to pay bills, I don't want to be homeless and not have food. So I got to do something, right? Right. Well, if I can find the something that matches me as an individual, then that's where I want to be. So we always come back to the basics first. And so session one is vision. Session two is mission. Then we start unpacking core values that match KPIs. Once we put that in place, then we start unpacking the how to. And so a lot of organizations that I work with, they don't have an inbound structure with internal leads fed to them. So what we do is we start looking at, okay, well, how can I go out and network? So we talk about the power of networking. Where do I network? So we have a whole series that we talk about. How do you work your, pro your chamber of commerce properly to your advantage? How do you work networking groups like BNI or a Havana Boy Cigar Club or, or anything of that nature? You know, then like civic groups like Rotary, Kiwanis, Alliance. How do I utilize these things? to my advantage. So I have to first know who my demographic is, go where my demographic is, and then I have to make my product available to that demographic once I find them. So we teach a lot of the infrastructure of sales. Uh, I'm a big fan and believer of it's all about the numbers too. More contacts, Grant Cardone 101, right? More contacts, more contracts. And so if there's more contracts, there's more cash flow in my bank account, and hopefully I can have that lifestyle that I want. Yeah, that's awesome. And I think there is definitely uh, an ability for people in any city, in any state in this country to, to find these yeah. roofing companies we're talking about, Absolutely. right? Or um, or if you if your city doesn't have a roofing company like that, there's plenty around. Like, you, you, we do it? you call me, <laughs> right? Um, uh, but there is, there is a lot of potential yeah. for these sales reps. Sure. And I know that you have a heart to help people. Um, I know you and I have got to know each other very well, yeah. you know, um, and that's my heart too. You know, yeah, we, yeah. we unpacked that when we talked about my mission and vision. Right. And, uh, you know, that was part of my vision statement is, is helping others grow. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm, I'm very passionate about is teaching people. And, uh, you know, one thing for people who are not in the roofing industry that may or may not be listening to this, hopefully you do get to listen to this. Um, you know, the roofing industry changed my life uh -huh. and, quite honestly, a lot of it has to do with my faith. Right. And, and you kind of talked about that a little bit yeah. earlier. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we share a, a faith Yeah. and that faith took me to roofing and it's helped me to grow and become the best that I can be. Yeah. And so I know we're going a little off script, but I want to kind of dive into that for a little, for just a second here. And how, how do you feel your faith coincides with what you do working with contractors oh, every day? Every day, you know, when I come into a training room, I'm very honest. I mean, you heard it the last two days. I'll quote things that comes from, quite frankly, to be brutally honest, the Bible. 
And I talked about the greatest man that I know today and that I have ever known, and that's Jesus that I do know. And so when I talk about the leadership principle, I talk about how Jesus had thousands everywhere he went, but there, the Bible talks about the 72 elders that exist in heaven that looked down upon us and that there were 72 that really kind of followed him. He had more than just the 12 disciples, by the way. He had a lot of disciples, but there were 12 that were called the apostles, right? And so those 12, but of those 12, he took three to said, can you come and get away with me for a little bit? I need to hang out. Come and get away with me for a while. Of those three, he had Peter, which was one that he spoke into and said, upon this rock, I'll build my church. And so when I teach leadership principle, I always talk about who's your 72, your 12, your three, your one. Because if I'm a senior leader that wants to grow an organization, I have to identify who can help me drive this forward. So Dante, David, and Misty knew, well, we can't do this alone. Well, David knew you. He knew talent. He goes, I've got some great talent that we need to bring onto this team. Yeah. You, you and Christian were the first two guys that were here. And then you guys started growing some things. And so, and Christian's on the leadership team now as well. So like when, when you start growing and developing leaders properly, and even though Dante, David, and Misty know everyone by name in this company, which is really cool when you have a pretty, because this is not a small roofing company. You've got a lot of employees here. Um, he, he honestly knows everybody by name. They go hug, hug people. They high five people. But you also see you still have the weekly level 10 meeting. Yeah. Right. The key leaders every week. And I always get things like, man, I hate meetings. Nobody loves meetings. Yeah. When they're non-purposeful. Um, so like I'm a fan of, okay, you know, we have to, we have to get on the same page, right? The concept is just, we're here to get on the same page. Yeah. Th this is, this does not have to be a four hour meeting today. It might be 15 minutes of departmental updates. And then it's 15 minutes of maybe some inspiration. And it's 15 minutes of, Hey, we, we're, we're going to talk about like this thing that we want to plan. And then, Hey, you know what? We're going to watch a video for 30 minutes. It might be training. It might be inspiration. You might not do anything, but other than, you know, guys, let's do something different. Can we just go somewhere outside for lunch today? Yeah. Which you guys have done. Let's just spend time together. And so I think we have to look at like the, the core value basics is for me, my faith, it just comes out. But like, I've always leveraged the Jesus model of leadership with everything I do. Yeah. And so like, I'm very, very blessed at this point in my life and my career where God has blessed me with the platform and because of that platform, you know, I told you, I think today I said, you know, um, we're talking about if you already surrounding yourself with and like yeah. measure yourself on you. I said, you know, with, with what I do for a living, I can't go anywhere within about five states legitimately. And I'm not trying to like, you know, be that guy, but like my daughter knows, my kids know. Everywhere we go, if we come to the state of Texas, somewhere between DFW down to San Antonio, somebody is going to go, Jay, I'm going to hear them call my name out. Uh, they've either seen me preach at a church, they've seen me speak at an event, a conference, a seminar, or I've worked with a team. They've seen me online, something, right? TV, radio, podcast, somewhere. And I'm like, not even, dude, like, I'm, let me make this, I'm like Sean Change. I'm like small fiction. <laughs> See, I'm not Tony Robbins. I'm not Adam Benzman. I'm a small dude from Southwest Missouri, from the Ozarks, right? Yeah. But, you know, God is blessed with a regional platform. It's not a national platform like some of these guys, but. When when that even happens, though, you have to learn when you're in a leadership circle. And I talked to the team right now about this today. You have to learn how to keep your circle small because who are the ones that can be your Peter, James, and John? Yeah. I told you guys, I said, I have three that I rely on. Yeah. Not 10. I have three. Do I have some fringe people? Yeah. But I've got three. So if you're asking me, like, how do I apply my faith every day with contractors? It's always, if you're the owner, who's in your three? Yeah. 
And who's your one that carries your armor every day, right? King Saul's armor was heavy. It had to be carried by him. In ancient Hebrew culture, there was an armor bearer that carried the king's armor everywhere the king went before the king went to battle because the king didn't want to get exhausted wearing his armor every day. There was no. an armor bearer. So I always ask nurse, who's your armor bearer? And then who's your three? Once, and sometimes there isn't. So I'm like, oh, so let's talk about that. Who could be the one and who could be a part of the three? Once we start seeing some gifts, then we start putting those people in place. And that's when we start unpacking the consulting piece. It's like, okay, let's develop this out then. Once we start developing it out, then we create job descriptions, yeah. clear role definements, KPIs and SOPs for those people with an EOS. What is the core value of EOS? Everything is consistent. I don't call this person director of if they are sales manager. No, they yeah. are the sales manager, not my uh, my senior director of, uh, uh, yeah, that's that's my director of operations. Well, you just said he's your sales manager. What is he really? Well, he wears, he wears a lot of hats. Does that sound, you're laughing. Yeah. This is very familiar in the roofing spaces. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like, well, he does a little bit of everything. Well, he, well, he's my general manager. You just told me he was your sales manager. Well, he is my sales manager. Time out. Like, do you know what you're doing to this individual? <laughs> you're, what, what, you're driving them crazy. Number two, they don't really know what they do every day. And number three, they're exhausted. And then lastly, they're overworked. Yeah. And underpaid. Yeah. Let's be honest, right? So I'm a firm believer of identifying those key gifts in someone and putting a structure in place. And that's part of why we see so much success with what we do. We believe in structure. If structure wasn't important, we wouldn't have day and night, a sun, a moon. Or I put it like this sometimes. Can you imagine if your eyeball was on your big toe and you stubbed your toe in the middle of the night? How painful would that be? Yeah. And so structure is important. Yeah, it definitely is. Yeah. Well, we talked about a lot today. Yeah, we did. And um, uh, I know that you and I could probably talk oh, for, yeah. for hours. I know that usually our one-on-one code. This would be like the Joe Rogan podcast of the roofing world. Yeah. It's yeah. going to be a four-hour conversation today. Yeah, exactly. It won't be, ladies and gentlemen. We're here in a minute. <laughs> so how can people find you, both contractors that may want to look for your services or uh, individual sales reps, how can they find you? Where's the best place to find you? One is our website. That's www.time4forenvision.net. That's time4vision.net. You can grab us there. Or I tell people, man, look me up on all my social channels. That's the best way to connect with me. I respond to all of my own correspondence. Um, it's just at JD Buckridge. You can find, and that's at jdbuckridg.com. Um, look me up on LinkedIn, man. Let's get connected. Um, I love engaging with followers. It's fun. I'm a social media freak. I love being all over. I play with it all day, every day. Like I snap stuff, video stuff all day long. And so like, let's get connected. Um, and also just call me. My cell phone number is everywhere. So you can call, uh, 417-438-4428 anytime. Let's get connected. Awesome. JD, thank you so much for being on the thank podcast. It's been an honor. It's been an honor to be here with you. It's an honor to call you friend. It's an honor to mentor you and be involved in your life and be involved in Team Rhino. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. We'll wrap it up and uh, we'll have to have you on again a little later. Let's do it.